Welcome back, bookworms, to the podcast that celebrates everything your bookish soul desires. I'm Frances Everly, romance and fantasy author, and I am an all-around book lover. And I'm also the Bookworm Unleashed. In today's episode, I wanted to talk about book-to-screen adaptations and what I like and don't like about them. Um, What inspired this is the recent release of Season 2 of Shadow and Bone on Netflix. If you haven't seen it yet, go watch it. Okay, I absolutely love what they did with Season 2. They combined a whole bunch of books. So it's not just Siege and Storm and Ruin and Rising that they combined, which are the two last books of the Shadow and Bone series by Leigh Bardugo. They also brought in the Crooked Kingdom. They mixed it all together in a way that worked so beautifully. And they changed a few things. So even though I've read the entire series, I was still pleasantly surprised. In fact, okay, I'm going to give you a spoiler here. So if you haven't watched it yet and you want to, I would maybe stop this episode and skip on to the next one, okay? (laughs) Because I don't want to ruin this for anybody that is hoping to watch this. So the ending of season two, I'm skipping straight to the ending because they've changed so much, but the ending is what I found most intriguing. Because they've gone through all of Lee Bardugo's books and they've still managed to set it up for a third season. So I want more. I want to know what happens next. So Netflix, you better not cancel this. I'm telling you right now, there are going to be some angry letters coming your way if you cancel this before you tell me what you've got planned. Because Alina and Mal in the books lose their powers and they go off and they live their own lives as normal people the way they've always wanted to after destroying the Darkling and destroying the Fold. But in the show, they don't. See, Mal comes back to life and tells Alina that he needs to learn and explore for himself if it was his abilities that led him to her that are the reason he loves her so much, or if he truly does love her. So, in order to figure this out for himself, he leaves. He takes on the mantle of Captain Sturmhond, the prince's former identification and leaves Alina heartbroken but still engaged to the prince interesting huh and they've set it up that there is a new drug circling that amplifies Grisha power so a lot of Grisha are very angry over Nikolai's family's treatment of the Grisha after um, Kiernan's 
the Darkling's discovery that he was dark and abusive and evil instead of the protector that they all hoped and prayed and believed that he was. And because of his, even though he's not guilty of it, Nikolai is not guilty of these crimes, but his family was. So now there is this drug going around amplifying Grisha power, and there are Grisha that are very angry with his family. So it looks like we might be going to war with amplified Grisha. You want to know what this drug is? It is the crushed up bones of none other than Kiernan's mother. That's right. She was an amplifier herself, poor Bagra. And then not only to be murdered by her son in the series, which did not quite happen that way in the books. Let me get that clear. His creature thingies. (laughs) destroyed her in his books. She sacrificed herself to his creatures. He did not directly kill her. In the show, he did. And then he had her bones ground up to dust and distributed amongst all of his Grecian followers to use as an amplifier of their powers. So this is what I suspect is this drug that they will be having in season three. And then two, something is happening with Alina's powers because they've changed from light to dark. We don't know what's going on here, so we need more. So Netflix, do not disappoint us, okay? You did a fabulous job bringing season two to us and we need a season three. But I really don't want to wait two years. Two years between shows is a little long. People lose interest. I want to keep going with this, so let's keep going. But the other thing that I wanted to discuss overall, uh, what I like and don't like about book-to-movie adaptations. Now, things that that happen, um, they do reach, movies do reach a wider audience uh, for authors, and then it increases book sales and exposure. And then your future books have that potential to go viral as well because of, say, one book or one series that went viral. But if the movie gets it wrong, (laughs) say you have the wrong cast or the wrong directors, there's so many things that could go wrong in a book-to-movie adaptation that could potentially ruin an author's career. So you have to be very, very careful with these. I must say a movie is far less time commitment. So if you don't have the time to sit and spend a weekend reading a book, say you have young kids like I do, or you work full time, or you just have an overall busy life, then you're not going to read as often as maybe you'd like to if you like books. So a movie is far less of a time commitment. It also helps people visualize what's happening in the book a bit more. Not everybody, I've been told, not everybody can picture the words in their head like they're watching a movie. 
I didn't know everybody couldn't do this. Um, <laughs> it came as a big surprise for me. So my husband hates reading, hates it. And I found out, you know, he asked me why. I'm like, well, because I, why I love books so much. And I'm like, well, I can picture it. It's like I'm watching a movie. I, a good book, I'm getting invested in those characters. I am imagining what they look like, what they're going through. Half the time, it's not as good as what you actually see in the movie adaptation, but I'm still seeing it. It's my imagination. It's like it's playing a movie in my head. And he thought what he said to me, you know, if I had that happening, I would probably read a lot more too. So that was the first time that I'd ever realized that people don't get as invested. So for him, reading a novel like, I don't know, what would a man like to read uh, like him? Not a man specifically, but a man like my husband, maybe a John Grisham um, or a James Patterson would be like reading a textbook to him. It's boring. It's just words on a page. For me, that's heartbreaking. Because I love books, I love the images I see, and I thought everybody could read like that. I didn't realize that that is something that certain people are born with. But, you know, this is something that's good about the movie adaptations. This is why it's good to reach that broader audience. How Harry Potter, for instance, got so huge. Because I guarantee not everybody who loves the movies have read the books. Okay? I have read the books several times and I've watched the movies a million times. I kind of prefer the movies after the third movie. I was not a huge fan of the first two movies, I'll be honest. Um, because I was older when the movies came out. I was in my late teens. I was in going into university. So the first two movies were a bit too childish for me. I still enjoyed them, but they were not my favorites. The third movie, Prisoner of Azkaban and Forwards, they took on a darker tone, and I liked that so much more. So that's where that, those, that series got me. In the books, however, when I read the books, I was a mother for the first time. And what got me was this overall theme of a mother's love being so strong, even from the grave. That's what got to me, that she would protect her son at all costs. And I loved that so much. So for me, I got that through the books more than I got that through the movies. And it made me love both equally. Not all movies do that. For instance, Divergent. I might get some haters here for this. But on Di- in Divergent, I loved the first movie. I enjoyed the books. I've read every single book. I've seen every single Divergent movie. But it, the second and third movies did not adapt well to the screen. And I think part of that is because they made, for instance, they made Triss a little less approachable, a little less likable, 
because she was all badass all of a sudden. Whereas in the first book, she was relatable. She was struggling. You know, she was a kid struggling to be an adult in this new world. But in the rest of the movies, she's a grown up. She's, which is fine. She's this badass warrior. She's not struggling as much anymore. So that kind of lost it for me. And then when they went outside and discovered that their whole thing, their whole existence had been an experiment, lost it even more for me. I'm sorry. I wanted there to be creatures or beasts or animals or something crazy out there. Zombies, maybe? Something. Not people performing an experiment. That just sucked. And lost my interest. Um, have you heard of City of Bones? This is another one that the movie did not take well to silver screen. But the TV show did. I have not heard of this happening before. But the popularity of Cassandra Clare and her City of Bones books got them to take the movie after it flopped and turn it into a TV show instead of making a sequel. And I love this. I absolutely love this. The City of Bones movie, don't get me wrong, it was a great movie until the end, where they don't explain very well. And most people missed this. That the evil guy, who happens to be the main character's father, is lying to control the main character by telling her that the boy she's fallen in love with is her brother. Gross. I'm not going to watch it any further. I was enjoying this romance. I wanted them to be together, and now I'm just, eh. I want to vomit. That did not convert well to the big screen. But in the TV show, they were able to set it up better because they had more time. They couldn't, they didn't cram it all into two or three hours. They explained everything. They explained how evil this man was. They explained how this came to be. They explained his manipulation of these characters to such a fine detail that I, even though they thought they were brother and sister, I was still rooting for them because I'm like, no, that can't be true. That cannot be true. And I, I loved it because I was still rooting for them. I still wanted them to be together because I understood the evil guy's motivations even more. You know, you can't trust anything that guy is saying. You can't trust a thing. So how do we know he's not just manipulating them, right? Like, it made you question it. And it helped. It followed the books quite a bit more. And it went into detail with the whole series more. So I loved that. So, as I said, some shows, some books, adapt better to the TV screen than they do to the movie screen. Because they need more detail more storytelling than what you can fit into a two-hour movie. 
Lord of the Rings is one of my favorites. Absolute favorite. I love Tolkien. And the most recent movies, you know, with Viggo Mortensen and Orlando Bloom, I love those. But they are long-ass movies. But they needed to be, to go into the detail they needed for the storytelling. Otherwise, they would not have done the books justice at all. And they followed those books fairly closely. Okay, I've, it's been a while since I've read the books, but I do remember there were little things that I could pick out that they did not show. A couple of characters that they did not use in the movie. But it works. And it's almost, it is so close to the books that it's amazing and it is dark. And Are you sensing a theme with me? I seem to like the dark shows and the dark movies a lot more than anything else. Um, oh, Bridgerton is another popular one. Season 3 is going to be releasing very soon. I believe in the next couple weeks, actually. This series. I don't think the books adapt, would have adapted very well to the screen. Don't hate me here. <laughs> Let me explain. I don't think they would have adapted as well to the screen if a whole bunch of it hadn't been changed. So when you're watching the shows, it is very different from the books. They took the theme of the books and some of the scenes and they changed them. They changed the rest of it. They've pretty essentially changed the storyline. So that you're still you can still enjoy the books. And you can enjoy the show, and you're not going to get the same thing. And it's beautiful. I love the series. But I'm going to be honest, I got kind of bored after book four of the series. Because for me, the books were not as enjoyable. The first one, absolutely loved. Loved it. Same with the first season. Loved it. Second book, still good. Third book, which they've skipped in the series, was a fantasy retelling of Cinderella. And yes, I did a fantasy retelling last week with Dragonfly Wishes, but I'm going to be honest, I don't enjoy Cinderella retellings that much. I don't know what it is about them, but I just didn't enjoy it as much as I think I should have, maybe? I don't know. Everybody has their own opinions. Some people love Cinderella, some people don't. Maybe I identify too much as with Cinderella. <laughs> that could be the problem. I never had my fairy godmother. <laughs> um, but anyway, so the third book, which should have been I can't even remember the brother's name, but he's the artsy one who does does all the art and stuff. It's his story, which is the third book, and they've skipped it completely to Colin's book, which is the fourth one. And I've read the fourth one, but I haven't gone past it to the fifth with Eloise. Starting to think maybe I should give it a chance. I'm and I might even, who knows. But I will go into the Bridgerton series more in another podcast. Um, 
uh, today I'm talking about book and movie adaptations and I'm getting a little off topic. So I apologize. But that's something that I wanted to point out is that you can change things and it can be better in the movie than it was in the book. Or it could be better in the book than it was in the movie. But if you don't have the right people working on it, it's not going to turn out as well as we'd hoped. It's hit and miss. Not every show can be made a movie. And not every, sorry, not every book can be made a movie. And not every book can be made a TV show. It just can't happen. Some books require too much detail. Like I said, Tale of Bones should have always been a TV series because it went into so much detail that a a movie could not get into. And, um, you know, and if you have the wrong actors or the wrong cast, that wrecks it too. So you could have this great script, this great movie, you know, this great book, everything's great. You could have all these fabulous people. You could have A-lister actors, but if they're not the right actor for the role, it's going to tank the whole movie. I mean, have you ever watched a movie and you were like, why is this guy this actor, this character? I don't get it. No, I've seen quite a few movies like that. Robert Pattinson as Batman, for instance, or Ben Affleck as Batman. I don't understand those choices for Batman after Christian Bale. I'm sorry, but Christian Bale was the best Batman, in my opinion. And I'm probably going to get some more haters for that, but he was the best. Ben Affleck totally bought him as a billionaire philanthropist. Did not get him as a crime fighter. Don't get it. Same with Robert Pattinson. I don't understand him as Batman. Or the choices. And for those reasons, I have not watched those movies. In fact, if they had not tied Ben Affleck's Batman to Henry Cavill's Superman, I probably never would have watched those Batman movies. And I still haven't watched Robert Pattinson's Batman movies. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe he pulled that off better than he did Edward Cullen in Twilight. (laughs) Which is another book-to-movie adaptation that was hit and miss, okay? I loved the books. Loved the books. In fact, the movies made me want to read the books, which happens quite a bit. I find out, oh, this was a book. I'm going to go read it because I need to know what happens next. And then I fall in love with the books and I watch the next movie and I'm like, eh, it's not as good. But what can you do? You know, I am just, there are so many people that they could have chosen for Bella. I don't believe they had the right actors for that cast. I think it could have been so much better than it was. Taylor Lautner was definitely the right choice for a wolf. I'm sorry, he was. But Kristen Stewart as Bella and Robert Pattinson as Edward, eh, 
I loved those movies when I was younger, but now I just don't get it. I don't get why I loved those movies. <laughs> Maybe it was just because I was young and just, I don't know, dreaming more? More into vampires than I am now? That's, that could be a possibility. But I want to know your thoughts. What do you like the most about movie-to-book adaptations? Now, some books do great, some don't. Um, and sometimes it's just not worth the time commitment for either. Anyway, um, I am the Bookworm Unleashed, and I will be back with you next week for more. And this time I will be reading, I think it's called Those That Glow Gold. And I will see you then. Have a great one and let me know your thoughts on books and movies in the comments or on my Facebook page at The Bookworm Unleashed. See you later and have a good one. Mm-hmm.